0: So I ended up doing biochemistry, ended up in the pharmaceutical industry, and now a pastor. So hopefully a happy ending. But I prayed, and I didn't get what I asked for. This is a rhetorical question. Has anybody else here prayed and not got what they asked for? Now, if anyone is honest, there should be 100. If you've ever prayed more than one prayer. You're in good company. Jesus, too, lives with unanswered prayer. John chapter 17, he prays that all of his followers would be one, fully united. That is not yet answered. So how we handle unanswered prayer, I believe, is vital. Because if we handle it well, our faith can grow. But if we handle it badly, we'll die. So we're going to think about unanswered prayer this morning in the area of healing specifically, but I think this applies across the board in Unanswered Prayer. It's the second in our new series on healing and freedom. We started that last week. If you missed last week, the talk is up on the website. And last week, we thought about why do some people get healed? And we looked at a story in Acts chapter 3. It's of Peter and John, and they are used by God to release healing to this man who has been lame from birth. So... Quite a number of years. And we saw that the way you know that God does heal, He can heal today. Um, He uses people like you and us. There is power in the name of Jesus. God's kingdom is breaking in. And ordinary flesh and blood people can be used by God to bring healing and freedom into our world if those people will take a risk and have a go. And I shared a couple of stories last week from, from just the last two or three weeks in the life of our church. One of someone who had had a shoulder injury, and at the end of worship, God just mercifully healed them. Um, And also showed a video from um, Phil, who had been suffering with lactose intolerance for 25 years, got prayed for a month ago, and God has healed him. Wonderful stories. And then we prayed and saw more healing released. Now, during the service last week, I asked people to indicate whether they'd received healing through prayer or whether they'd prayed for people and seen healing released. And I reckon probably somewhere in the region of 70% of people put their hand up and said, I've seen that, which is wonderful. But I did say that today I would ask the inverse question, which is a way more uncomfortable question. The question is this. Could you indicate how many of you here have had an experience when you have received prayer for healing, Or you've prayed for someone for healing, and nothing seems to have happened. And the rest of you may either have never prayed. Common experience, yeah? Common experience. If you have a Bible, could you turn to John chapter 5? I've spoken from this passage loads of times in terms of healing and how Jesus ministered healing, and how we can learn from his example. I'm going to look at this story with a different lens today. So John chapter 5, we're going to start from verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone, goes, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat. That's what religious people do. Skipping to verse 14. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Jesus effectively turns up at a hospital. Most commentators will say that that was where he turned up. This is where a whole lot of unwell and sick people uh, used to gather. It was a hospital. And he engages with this one man who's been sick for 38 years, and he asks him if he wants to get well. And the guy sort of says yes, and Jesus says, get up. And that's what happens. The man gets up, and he's healed. The uncomfortable question that I want to point to this text is this. What about all the others? What about all the others? I'm I'm delighted for that one guy. What about all the others? What about all of those other people who were there, who were not healed on that day? What about them? Why didn't they get healed? Why that one man? Is anyone uncomfortable yet? I hope you should be when you read this text. There should be an uncomfortableness as we examine a text like this. Now, have you ever noticed that simple questions don't always, in fact, rarely have a simple answer? Have you you noticed that? Let me show you, let let me demonstrate. A simple question might be, how do you drive from here to Greenwich? The easy answer is, just head east. That's the easy answer. But it's not quite that simple. There's a river that winds in and out, so you're going to have to get across that at the right places. There's traffic. There's a congestion zone, which depending upon the time you travel, you may or may not want to avoid, depending upon finances and whether you are diesel cars. It's not necessarily a simple answer. Simple questions rarely have simple answers. why don't some people get healed seems at one level a simple question, but I want to suggest this morning there is not a simple answer. There is not a simple answer. And I think mainly that is because God is God and we are not. And when we come to matters of God and faith, his thoughts and his ways are so high above and so in many ways, we just scratch the surface in our understanding of who he is. And so it's really important as we think about a relationship with God that we are entering into holy mystery. As someone said to me this morning in answer to this question, we don't know. We don't. And at one level, that's probably one of the best answers I can give you this morning. We are entering into mystery. And the other thing that I would say is that I personally believe that in life and in faith, we should always have more questions than answers. Always have more questions than answers. Why? Because God is so much bigger than your and my intellect. So there should always be things that we are unable to understand. So if you've run out of questions, I would suggest that you try and find a few more. Because there will always be more questions and What that means is that we will always have to learn to live with unanswered questions. It is a reality of life. We have to learn how to handle them. And I believe that if we deal with unanswered questions and unanswered prayers in healthy ways, we'll actually find that our faith grows rather than being... So what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to share some thoughts that I hope are helpful, that are a little bit more than we don't know. Because otherwise I'll just sit down and we'll go and have coffee. Because I, I think it's helpful if we can just think a little bit further into some of these questions. So why do some people not get healed? Well, here are some things that I believe that it is not duty. I believe that it is not because God is not I believe that the Bible, throughout history, and the testimony of hundreds of people in our church, that God is more than able to heal and set people free. Second, it's not because God cannot use people like you and I in healing. Again, the Bible has so many stories of people other than Jesus who was used to heal the sick. And many here can testify to exactly the same thing. Ordinary men and women, young and old, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that have seen sick people healed. It's not because God loves some people less than others. This is really important. In other words, those that are not healed are in some way see anything in the Bible that suggests to me that God loves people unequally. I believe that God loves all equally. Men and women, black and white, young and old, people of faith and without faith. John chapter 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That seems to me to be all-encompassing. All-encompassing. And fourthly, it's not necessarily because the sick person or those people praying didn't have enough faith. And again, I'm going to dig into this a little bit because you may have heard some narratives around this, which I think can be a little bit unhelpful. Faith is really important. The Bible calls us to have faith. But you'll find in the Bible that there are healing stories where the people praying or those people that were around or the person that was sick had faith. And you'll also find a whole lot of stories where there doesn't seem to be any faith in the room at all. And you see a whole lot of stories. I think is important is we need to remember that faith in God is not to be like a slot machine. Let me unpack that. Slot machine faith works like this. If I pray more, a lot more, harder, deeper, even fast. And I'll go to my home group every week. And I'll go to a weekend service at least three times each weekend, then surely I've loaded up the slot machine. I've put a load of coins in the top of that. So surely now, when I pull this big handle, God owes me. Doesn't he? Because I've loaded up the slot machine, and I've pulled the handle. Surely God now owes me. Now, those things that I've mentioned, I believe, are good things to do. Everything he owes us, the next breath that we're going to take into our lives. Everything comes as a gracious gift. You might remember the story of the blazing furnace. You'll find it in Daniel chapter 3, where Daniel's three buddies get thrown into the fire. And and this is what you read. And I think actually this is one of the, the best articulations of faith you'll find in the Bible. Verses 17 and 18. This is what they say to the king. If the God we serve is able to deliver us, then he will deliver us from the blazing furnace and from your majesty's hand. But, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. In other words, God can, but even if he does not, my faith is not going to be shaken. See, the danger is, is if we put our faith into a particular outcome, we feed the slot machine because we want that particular thing, but God does not give us that thing, then there are normally only one of two options left to us. We either blame God, or we blame ourselves for a lack of faith. And I want to suggest that neither of those is a good outcome for us. See, I believe that we are called to put our faith in God, whatever He does, and not in a particular outcome. Does that make sense? I've seen people get into a real pickle, groups of people where someone has become sick in a a congregation, and, and people have gathered together and prayed and fasted and prophetic words and all of these kind of things, but the person has not been healed and in fact has died. And it has left a whole group of people in just a desolated place because they have put faith in a particular outcome rather than a faith in God and a trust in God and leaving it up to Him to decide what is going to happen. that is why I think this is incredibly important. So those are some things that I don't think it's due to. Here are some reasons why I believe that people are not we're entering into mystery. We don't understand it all, but I want to share some things that I that, that I would uh, you know reply to that question. The first is this sometimes people don't get healed because they don't want to get well. Do you notice Jesus' question in verse 6? He said to the man, Do you want to get well? And the implication of that is the man could have said no. something that people can say. You know, sometimes sickness becomes an excuse for the way that we're living our life right now. Sometimes our sickness can be a means of receiving support that we know that if we get healed, that support or that income goes. You know, we need to remember that that lame people in Jesus' day, their income was begging. If you got healed, your job went. You had to go and find another job. So it's a really important question. Do you want to get well? I believe that some people don't get healed because they don't want to get healed. Second reason is because of unresolved issues of sin or emotional stuff that is going on in our lives. I remember praying for someone. This was on a Sunday service. And they'd got neck pain or back pain or something like that. And um, a couple of us were praying for them. And we were praying our best prayers. You know, we, we were pulling out, you know, the, the top prayers. We, we, were, we, we, had, we had some faith, and we, we were praying for this person. Nothing was happening. Nothing at all. And I remember just as we were praying, the Holy Spirit giving one of those little nudges and just saying, just ask the person if there is someone that has come to their mind while we've been praying that they need to release some forgiveness towards." So I just said to the person, look, as we've been praying, has someone come to your mind? And, and you know, you need, you need to sort of, do, you know, repair something with. And they said, you know what? This family member has come to my mind, and the, and the relationship is not good, and, and I need to, and that's just come to my mind. I said, hey, so wh- why don't you just, you know, release some more forgiveness towards them? Let them go. Let that, that stuff go. And so they did that. They prayed that out. We prayed for healing again, and then it was. I'm not saying it's like that all the time, but what I am saying is that sometimes those things are blockages to physical healing being released in our lives. Verse 14, when Jesus catches up with this guy, he says to him, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And there is an implication in this story that there was an issue of sin that was a part of this guy's story. And we know, don't we, that things like anger and bitterness, and unforgiveness, those kind of things, they can have an outworking in our physical bodies. And those things sometimes need to be resolved before physical healing can be released. Third reason is the now and the not yet of God's kingdom. Spoke about this a little bit last week. Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection inaugurated a new age of God's kingdom, but they were the beginning of the end. They were not the end. The end comes when Jesus returns. And so we live in what we in the vineyard would refer to as the now and the not yet. The end has started, but it is not yet complete. And so until it is complete, we live in a world that is broken by sin. When sin came into our world during the fall, Genesis chapter 3, our world is shattered. We have the stench of death and sickness in our world. Now, if God were to eliminate all sickness now, that would be the end. That is what will happen. There is a time coming when all sickness goes, where all pain goes, where all tears go. If that were to happen now, that would be the end. It would also be the end of the opportunity for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And to come into his family. And God is committed to growing his family, to people knowing that he loves them, and to being rescued and to be returned into his family. So I believe that's we live in a tension. We live in a tension where God is opening opportunities for people to come to know him and, if you like, delaying the end. And that's part of the tension that we live with. Fourth reason. Our bodies are wearing out you notice that? You've got a few more aches and pains than you did 20 years ago? I have. And this, this body, this might surprise you, this athletic specimen, this body is wearing out. It is dying. It is part of the decay of our world. Now, the good news that I believe for myself and every one of you here, if you said yes to Jesus, you're going to get a brand new resurrection body. And that's the kind of bo- I'm looking for because the, the body that Jesus had that went through walls. And it was here and then there. And I am really look that is going to be fun. The new brand new resurrection. You see, this body is not fit for purpose for eternity. It is it it is not it is not that kind of body. I'm going Yours is too, and the person that you're praying with, and so sometimes we don't see healing because actually what we're what we're experiencing is part of that wearing out, part of that decay of an earthly body. Fifth reason is that God doesn't always give us what we ask for. Have you noticed that? I hope you have. I hope that is not a surprise to you. If it is. I've entered you into one of the best things you'll ever hear. You know, there are. I would suggest there are six ways that God answers prayer. Yes. No. Not yet. You be the answer. Trust me. Or, are you joking? See, I, I fundamentally believe that God... That for you too, that he, believe, that he that he knows what is best for you. And he doesn't treat us like spoiled children, giving us everything that we ask for. He knows us better than that. And so if he doesn't answer a prayer for healing, I'm gonna trust that he knows what he's doing. And maybe there is something else that he wants to release into our lives. I'm going to simply trust that he knows what he's doing. Sixth reason is that maybe we've simply stopped asking, or maybe we've never asked for healing. This is a couple of verses in James, James chapter 4. He writes this, You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So maybe if we're unwell, maybe we've simply never asked God to heal us. Or maybe we've never prayed for someone. You know, if you've never prayed for someone, you're never going to have seen healing released through your prayers. That's a mathematical certainty. Maybe we've never asked. Maybe we have asked, and nothing has happened, and so we, over a period of time, have become disappointed, and so we have given up. And so if you find yourself in that place this morning, maybe you've prayed for a lot of people and not seen a lot happen. Or maybe you're one of those people you've had a long-term chronic sickness condition. And you've given up praying. Can I just encourage you just to be really honest with God this morning? The best place to process disappointment is in the presence of God. And I would encourage you, you can do that right now. You know, read a psalm there are so many of the psalms which are called laments, which is basically David saying, God, oh God, why have you abandoned me? Why why have you not released this freedom to me? Why is this happening? And so resonate with some of the psalms which will help you to express that to God. Seventh reason, the last reason I want to bring to us this morning, is because physical healing isn't our greatest need. I'll suggest that physical healing is As I was preparing for this talk, I pinged out a message to a few people, and I asked them just to share, you know, what would you what would you say in response to this question, just, just to get some pooled wisdom and perspective. And one of the people replied this to me, and I, I'm not going to say who it is, but they've given me permission to share that. They said this, that their brother has recently been, di- been diagnosed with cancer, and actually it seems to be quite a, uh, an aggressive form of cancer that they can't really treat, they're just going to kind of palliatively care. And they've been praying for healing every day for their brother. But then they said this, However, I've realized to my shame how infrequently I pray for my brother to be saved. See, I love healing myself. And that miracle is the gift of eternal life that Jesus Christ makes possible for us. You see, healing is not the end. It's not the end of the story. It points us beyond to someone who cares and who loves and who's released eternal life to us. And that's really important. We pray for healing, but I want everyone to be saved. And I'm in good company. God does too. So we pray that. So the person you're praying for healing, that doesn't know Jesus yet, keep praying for them, But pray for their eternal life as well. Pray for salvation for them. So I hope that's helpful. I'm I've realized that I've gone quite wide, and I haven't gone that deep. But I hope maybe I've stimulated a few thoughts and questions for you that you can continue to ponder. that place, you've prayed for someone and healing's not been released, or you're you're unwell, you've received prayer, and nothing seems to have happened. When prayer seems unanswered, how do we respond well? We're going to share two things, and then we'll pray with one another. The first thing that I would encourage us to do is to look for what the Lord is doing. Look for what the Lord is doing. If you read on the next few verses in John's Gospel, John chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, what Jesus says is that his Father is always at work, and always means always, all the time. That the Father is always at work, and Jesus said that he only did what he saw his Father doing. And so I think a really good question in whatever environment we find ourselves in is to ask this question, What is the Lord doing here? Because I believe that he is always at work. That means he is always doing something. And so if it is not healing, what is he doing? What is he wanting to release into that situation? Maybe it is something better than physical healing. Maybe it is salvation. Maybe it is freedom from oppression in some way and so we press into that with a thankful heart now I think we need to be a little bit careful at this point sometimes I hear something that almost goes like this God made me sick so that I could do such and so and and I I don't believe that to be true I'm in this condition just so that I could do such and so that that narrative almost feels like God has afflicted me in order that I could do that and and I don't believe that to be true I believe that God is good He he doesn't do that but I do believe, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. So we might find ourselves in a particular situation, and I believe that God is able to use that because he is always at work. The second thing that I want to encourage us to do is to never give up. Never give up. Dear friend in this church, Esme, Sunday's wonderful wife, most often when we correspond or chat about stuff, she says this to me. On we pray. On we pray. And that is true. I showed this video about a year ago from Pete Gregg. Gonna technology winning show it again. See, the story that i told or that Phil shared last week, I, I don't know how many times has prayed. I don't know how many times he's been prayed for. Probably quite a lot. Keep stacking dominates. I know there are people here um, who have come to faith, and I know that their spouse or a friend has been shared a very simple uh, model for praying for healing, um, and I'll share it again very briefly um, this morning, um, just as we close, because one of the things that I, um, that I that I love and that I want for us as a church is that we would all be confident in praying for the sick, and that we would keep on going in this area of life. So could you grab one of these postcards they are around on a seat near you? That is incredibly helpful for me in my own life to to grow in this area, Um, but also it really helps us to be able to pass something on that is simple. So, three simple steps. Ask, pray, ask. And the ask is simply, what's wrong? What's wrong? What what would you love Jesus to do for you? And at the same time, to be asking the Holy Spirit, why is the person in this condition? Is it simply a physical ailment? Is there something emotional, something spiritual? Going on, asking the Holy Spirit, and then secondly to pray. And when I when I pray for someone as appropriate, I'll ask if I can lay on a hand. I don't want to inflict more pain than is already there, so I will ask. Um, in general, uh, we would encourage men to pray for women and women, sorry, men to pray for men, women to pray for women. Not as a rule, but uh, but as a generality. Um, and what I most often pray, and I, and I, and I shared this last week. I will pray, Lord, thank you for prayer. Lord, thank you for the healing power of your kingdom. And then I will pray short, direct prayers, mustering as much authority that I know I've been given as a follower of Christ to speak to that condition. And most often I'll pray for a maximum of about a minute, and then I'll pray with my eyes open, simply because that's the way that it seems that Jesus and the disciples prayed for healing. You see that in the biblical accounts, and I want to see what's going on. I I want to see what the Lord is doing in that situation. And then the third step is to ask, simply ask, what is happening? Encourage people to try something out carefully, just to see if the Lord has been at work. Um, And then I score the pain. I say, we'll call 10 the pain when you came in. Zero is all gone. You need to be honest and not nice. Where are you at now? And, you know, a person might say, five. That's wonderful. Let's pray some more. And then just keep pointing uh, to Jesus, because at the end of the day, being loved by Jesus and loving him in return beats everything. Keep pointing people to Jesus. So, it will be wonderful to have an opportunity to pray for one, uh, one another this morning. I hope that what I shared has been helpful. It may have just... uh, The chances are it's raised a whole lot more questions than I've answered. But that's okay. That is okay. The reality is that not everyone we pray for gets answered. And so we live with some of the pain of that. We live with disappointment. We live with unanswered questions. We live with unanswered prayer. But some people do get healed. And so personally... I've resolved to keep on praying, whatever. I'm going to keep on you see, let me just just share this when I've had the privilege of praying with people who are on their deathbed I will pray for their healing because that's what I believe as a Christian that I have been commissioned to do. Now, if God chooses to heal them in this world great If he chooses to heal them medically, great. If he chooses to heal them by promoting them to glory, great. But you see, I'm going to trust God to make that decision. I'm going to keep on praying. Because that's what I believe that I have been commissioned to do. And I would suggest that to be true. If you're a follower of Jesus, keep on praying for healing. Just keep on. And the reason I believe that we do that is because God... Is good all of the time. All of the time, he is ultimately and infinitely good. And so we don't trust for an outcome, but we put our trust in God, who is good. Lord, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you that you are good all of the time. choose to trust you. Children before an infinitely loving parent. Simply asking today that you would release to us what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. So Lord, we trust that you know what that is. And so we say yes.